Welcome to Media Plus, a podcast about Apple's place in the world of digital media. And today I want to look at a crucial part of that digital digital media ecosystem that we haven't really explored yet on the show, advertising. This is particularly important as Apple will implement some pretty big changes in the near future. To explain and explore all of this, I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Bluestein, a programmatic reporter at Adweek. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, I I asked you to be on the show because you wrote a great piece for Adweek um, that I linked to on the Mac Observer, kind of outlining the ad industry's concerns about some of the changes. Um, first of all, let's cut through and explain to our listeners some of the jargon. So you talk about IDFAs in the piece, which is Apple's way of advertisers giving assigning an identification to a user, basically, for advertisers, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, IDFA, the identifier for advertisers. Exactly. So, and what we're also, the broader topic we're talking about and have covered a lot on the Mac Observer is what's known as ATT. And that is Apple's way of basically giving users the option to decide whether they want to uh, opt into app tracking and tracking out, third party tracking outside when they leave an app, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, ATT, it's called App Tracking Transparency. Apple announced it like last year, like last summer. Yeah. They said it was going to come soon, and then they, they delayed it a bunch. Um, it's going to roll out pretty soon now. Apple is going to have a, a conference on like the 20th, so everyone's sort of expecting for iOS 14.5. It'll be announced then, and ATT prompts will be everywhere. And basically, exactly, yeah, if you'll get a prompt, like you open an app, you'll get a prompt saying... Um, do you want to be tracked across other apps and websites? And then underneath that, in like tinier letters, it'll say the data will be used to deliver personalized ads. Um, the general expectation is that not many people will opt in. Yeah. And that means fewer IDFAs. And then for advertisers, that means just everything gets harder, basically. It's harder to, tr- to target people. It's harder to measure the performance of your campaign. So like a foundational yeah. signal of targeted advertising is is maybe going away. I mean, nobody really knows. Opt-in rates could like turn around and be like 80% and then everything would be fine, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that was a thing that really struck me about your piece, actually, because you spoke to a number of sources and quite senior executives within the industry. And what leapt out to me was the uncertainty that these people who have been in the industry a long time were really feeling. Yeah, I mean, first of all, like these people still have day jobs and this industry is very focused on like getting just the next thing done that's on your plate. You still have, you know, goals to reach. You still have clients asking for, you know, whatever. So it is hard to sort of plan ahead. Um, And yeah, in general, once like a foundational signal, like an IDFA goes away, no one really knows what will happen because this hasn't really happened before. I mean, kind of has like Apple has ITP. Um, in Safari, like no third-party cookies in Safari. So they've sort of done this before, but because like ITP is like a blanket, like no tracking, this ATT is not, like opt-in rates could be different. Like there was a study out there that like the median opt-in rate is around 32%, but for apps people like use more and care about, it's up to in like the 40%, and for apps people don't really care about, it's so, like the 20%. So What do you mean by apps people care about and don't care about? Are you saying um, that maybe... The app like, that I put my health data in. Um, the study was a bit vague. It was more like around like brand affinity. So right. I guess apps people just use more or 
like like the gaming apps people just quickly download to try out, like those had low opt-in rates. Low opt-in, um, okay. Yeah, and also it doesn't help that Apple isn't really that communicative with the industry. They really don't care about advertising. That's not their business. They've shown no desire to do it. Um, they really focus on talking with developers, and that means the ad industry is sort of left with a lot of questions unanswered. That's a really interesting point, actually, because we know Apple, in other parts of the media ecosystem, Apple engages with music publishers a lot. It mm. has swarms of people to deal with game developers and work with game developers. It even has people very committed to the podcasting industry from which Apple basically doesn't make any money. Um, mm. It's interesting you say that Apple, I think you're, the phrase you use, really don't care about advertisers. Yeah, and that's sort of, you can see that they're more focused on like subscriptions and signups, that kind of thing, through like podcasting, through um, like Apple News. Mm -hmm. They take a fee from app developers on in the app store, but advertising, like they don't care. Like they tried iAd back in the day in like 2010-ish, I think. Tim Cook was like, yeah, or not Tim Cook, Steve Jobs was like, yeah, we'll have um, these amazing, beautiful ads and that really never materialized. Um one person from the IAD days is still left remaining and he's sort of running their, their ads business. It's still a couple of billion dollars, like their ads business and like the app store and Apple. A News. casual couple of billion. Exactly. And they could ramp it up, um, but they just don't care. They don't want to. That's just not their business. I, I think that's the fundamental point. Advertising is just not Apple's business. It would rather spend its resources making you subscribe to Apple News Plus or Apple mm -hmm. uh, TV Plus. Yeah. Then or buy an Apple One bundle, then help mm. advertisers make money. It wouldn't. And yeah, they're mainly to like sell you products, and part of this is also like a PR campaign, basically mm. saying you will be safe with us. Your data isn't going anywhere. Buy our iPhones. Right. I mean, that was the advertising campaign, wasn't it? iPhone. That's privacy with the Apple yeah. logo and a lock. Like they're not exactly being subtle about what the intentions are here they're making it a brand value has been for a long time they've really stepped it up recently mm -hmm. um but what is so we've talked about the uncertainty the advertising industry is feeding mm -hmm. uh, does it go beyond that is there kind of resentment with apple is that anger is there i mean there's anger from facebook facebook has been sure. saying no but there's i wouldn't say with anyone else there's really resentment because this is the general push you're seeing google do the same thing in like the desktop side i'm sure eventually they'll do the same thing in the mobile space um but the push is toward a more privacy-centric way of serving you targeted ads um and apple while things are still unclear they have at least been very clear with their guidance and enforcement um they've already clamped down on a bunch of different idfa workarounds um, yes. So it's something to say if like they have these guidelines, but then they're weak on enforcement or they're sort of um, they pick and choose where to do it. But they've been very clear that we will not allow this. And that does help advertisers because they, they sort of know to stay in the lines. And if they do that, they'll be OK. Yeah, everyone knows where they stand. You mentioned a couple of workarounds in your piece. I think one was from China, wasn't it? Yeah, the CAID. It's a it's a state backed sort of venture a bunch of different tech companies like Tencent, uh, ByteDance, all coming together to build like this aggregated. So that's ByteDance is TikTok, isn't it? So yeah, um, I would read the the Financial Times. They've done really good reporting around yep. this. Um, 
But yeah, that's essentially a workaround because what Apple doesn't allow is this thing called fingerprinting, where you basically gather a bunch of disparate data sources to create a unique identifier. So replace the IDFA with different data signals that add up to a person. Um, and that's essentially what the CAID is to target um, people in China on, on these on these apps. Yeah. And I think we can't continue really in the conversation until we talk about the Facebook row, because it's been a pretty big one. Yeah. Um, but neither side is really backing down in it, are they? And I mean, at the moment, I, I don't know if you could call anyone is winning at the moment, but um, what's what's the kind of perspective from F- Facebook HQ that they just think Apple is screwing with them, basically? Yeah. I mean, Facebook's whole business model is tied to advertising, so any sort of light against it, that would be tough. Like, it'd be, it'd be a strain on their business. So Facebook basically says, like, this will hurt small businesses. Yeah. Apple basically says, like, no. I mean, Tim Cook has, like, said publicly, like, we should no, no company should be, like, misusing, misleading users or exploiting data, which is sort of an indirect hit at Facebook. Um, yeah. Facebook has sort There's of been de- some direct hits as well. Yeah, and Facebook has sort of developed their own like IDFA prompt that it'll show also on their apps. Um, that's sort of in the works. That'll be more gentle with the language to get people to opt in to get better personalized ads, as they say it. So, um, but they still they still need each other. Like you, Apple can't have a phone without the Facebook app on it. Like who would get or that? WhatsApp or Brand Instagram or, or exactly yeah. Uh, no, and people want to advertise on Instagram both through programmatic ads and other, you know, other ways of advertising. So that obviously as is always the way with these things. There will have to be some level of a, a compromise, I guess. But Apple is standing, as you said, pretty firm on implementing its rules that it has stated. It's interesting. Um, we've seen quite a big delay to iOS fourteen point five. Uh, we'll discuss this other places on the Mac Observer, but it's notable there have been eight beta ver- developer beta versions of this, which is quite a lot, as I understand it. And so uh, we don't know if, you know, trying to sort out this advertising part of it is one is a reason why there's been these. There could be a whole host of other things that we're not seeing. But it is a it is interesting and worth noting that. They, see, you, you were right. They they've announced this change quite a long time before any user is going to see the effects of it. We've already yeah. seen the kind of nutrition labels and things like that in apps, but we haven't seen this very profound change yet. Yeah. And when Apple first announced it, it was like a really tight turnaround that was kind of impossible for anyone to even get their heads around it, let alone build things. To you mean for the, for the in- ad industry? Yeah. Um, to build whatever technologies mm-hmm. to find like new ways to target people or to just figure out like what you're supposed to do. So it was, it was good on Apple to push it back. But also like, like you said, like, there's a lot of beta version for developers because that's their those that's their like core constituents. They need to make sure developers are still comfortable on their platform. Because yeah. you know, if a user can't like find their apps or customize their phones, then that, that hurts you know the the value proposition. Sure, of sure, app. sure. Um, and I, of course, advertising and advertising companies and brands is one thing. So the advert encourages you to buy product X. That's mm-hmm. fine. But of course, adverts are financing other parts of the media industry. Um, you know, we talk, you know, whether it's uh, developers who rely on in-app 
ads for for their games and other things whether it's the most obvious one to me is newspapers and publishing more generally have mm. you seen any reaction from the companies that, that require advertising to fund their business yeah so it's a bit different between like pure app developer and then like a news publisher who has like a mobile website and an app like a publisher they're a bit more diversified and we talk about like programmatic sales um that's where you rely i guess more heavily on an idfa because it's more automated more like one-to-one targeting versus direct sales where like the traditional route of just like picking up a phone and say hey i want to buy your ads so a publisher makes more money the direct route and they're just more diversified in general so they're a bit less exposed they're not totally reliant on on apps um but developers yeah i mean it's, it's a lot of wait and see um but the thing is like with this it'll Apple's change will really cripple um, performance advertising, you know, that like lower funnel sort of, here's my ad, like download my app, like take an action. Um, But with IDFAs going away, it could lead to more brand advertising, the more general sort of, hey, get to know us, this is who we are, what we do. So you might just see like a different class of advertisers coming into the mobile space and sort of taking advantage of, of CPMs that are dropping and then things will sort of figure their way out from there. Uh, by uh, explaining CPMs for maybe our listeners who don't uh, work in the a, a CPM is a cost per mil, a cost per 1,000 impressions. So um, it'll cost like, I don't know, $2 for every 1,000 people who see your ad or something like that. Right. Yeah. And some of and some ads are based on that. And some, as I understand it, are based on yeah. if you actually take it, yeah. if the user cost who sees it click, takes an action. Cost per download, cost per, you name it. Yeah. yeah. And... I want to look at this from the user perspective, actually, because because for me, as a user, part of it I really quite like. I like the idea of my privacy being better protected. I like the idea of more choice. I, You know, those things to me as a user are appealing. Mm. Is there an argument that actually, okay, the advertising industry is a big industry, but the users are who matters here, and Apple is standing up for the users? Yeah, I mean, you could make that argument. Like, I'm sure Apple would. Yeah, and the whole ad tech industry, I mean, they say they always say they're consumer first and whatever, but you look behind the scenes and they're, they're just trying to make their money and target as many people <laughs> as possible. So, yeah, I mean, Apple has been clear. Google has been clear. I mean, the general trend in targeting is, is cohort-based, moving away from this one-to-one like tracking and targeting to more generic targeting people in groups. Um so that's sort of the way the big. So you advertisers who want it, who want to get to me would adver- try and find an ad that appeals to women in their thirties. So. Yeah, I mean it'll be a bit more granular than that. I mean Apple hasn't really been as outright here, but Google has. They have this called thing called Flock, the Federated Learning of Cohorts, and that's their answer to third-party cookies that are going away on Chrome. So no more individual right. tracking. Instead, they'll group you into like a group of like a thousand or a bit more people have like a very specific kind of behavior based on your browsing history and that's how you'll be targeted and it's sort of the same thing with apple i mean they haven't outright said it but you sort of read between the lines and be like if i can't target you one-to-one i can sort of figure out what your behavior is based on a group and and then go that way and that's a bit more privacy centric because it's harder to find that needle in the haystack so it's sort of trying to remove a bit of that experience whereby you I don't know. We've all had the thing, haven't we? We've looked at a product on a website and then it follows you around the internet. Yeah. And it's try- this seems to be a way of trying to counter that. 
Yeah, I mean, that might be one thing that um, sort of we see less of. But yeah, they, they don't want to track people across the web. Like, they, I mean, there are nuances to that. Like there are first party identifiers where a user like explicitly gives you their data and says, yes, you can use this for targeting. That's like a first party ID mm-hmm. and those are fine. But these third party identifiers where you don't know you're being tracked, those are going away. And yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, I think from the user perspective, actually, there's a very strong case for this. Because, particularly as you've outlined the kind of first party, if I say, if I want to give a certain website my app, my data, or a certain app in in the context we're talking, um, Mm. my data, because it makes my life easier. And I've made that actively made that choice. That seems sort of fine to me. I, I can yeah. choose what, but what Apple is trying to push back on, and as you've said, Google is doing work in this space too, mm-hmm. is the idea that you don't know the tracking is happening, and that you, yeah, it might be happening outside the place where you expect it to be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. You sort of hear this get thrown around a lot, the quid pro quo, the internet. Um, a lot of ad tech companies are trying to explain that better, where um, you give us your data in exchange for personalized ads, and that helps you know the websites you visit make them money. Um, so the argument in the industry is if we just better educate consumers, be more clear about what we're doing, they will opt in because they still want to have content for free subsidized with ads. So... I mean, there's an argument for both sides. Like, I'm sure some people don't mind ads and will give away their info. And there are workarounds for that. Like, you can give, like, a bogus email address and, you know, still not be tracked. So there's it's still the, the very beginning of all this. Uh, I, and I want to – you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's something that's worth exploring a little bit more, is Apple's relationship or lack thereof with the, seemingly at least the, the advertisers, as you put it, um how could do you see that becoming worse to, because of this change you, do you think actually it might force the two parties to engage with each other a bit more there's a working group called pram the partnership for responsible addressable media which uh, that's a name i guess um <laughs> it's that's, a that's a name. Of, yeah it's a bunch of different like industry stakeholders that have come together like the iab um the four a's i think or the ana one of them um and then a bunch of different companies, they're all coming together trying to figure out what to do next, basically, given Apple's changes and Google's changes. Um, and they've been talking with Apple. I think they've had like three meetings with them or something since Q4, which honestly sounds like a lot. Right. Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, in a quarter, that's meeting. almost a month. Yeah. Um, One meeting a month. Yeah. I don't know like what's exactly discussed. It just sounds like Apple is just clarifying things and answering like, you know, what does this mean? But you won't really get Apple's like participation. Like they're not going to join like the IB or anything like that. So no, it's more, it seems it's more concerned with privacy and as you say, with developer relations and wider content creator relations, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, It also struck me whilst I was reading your piece, quite what a hit this could be potentially for the advertising industry. We should reiterate again that we don't actually know 
quite what's going to, because we haven't seen it in action, it's very mm. hard to predict how many people will opt in, opt out, and what that will all mean. But use the example of the dating app Bumble in your piece, which said in its S1 filing that mm. it expects opt in rates to be at best 20% yeah. and at worst 0%. Um, yeah, I mean, that's caution for investors also. Sure. So better safe than sorry. But yeah, the 20% range is, is the, it's been like the general consensus within the industry. So that's 20% of people opting into the, the kind of yeah. out of app tracking as it were. Yeah. And what will happen like for that 20%, like CPMs there will, will be a lot higher because you have a better idea of who that person is. So you'll see but just those like, people are more valuable for the advertisers exactly. to advertise to. Yeah. So that inventory, that ad inventory will, will go up the price of that. And then everything else will go down, probably, at least in the short term. Yeah, uh, you, you yeah. said that if opt-out rates are high and IDFAs do not do become scarce, app developers and publishers should expect to see a 50% decline in in-app CPMs. That was yeah, that, that's, that's, I don't know if I clarified, but like for, for open markets, so programmatic, um, like the wheeling and dealing of, of the open marketplace where mm-hmm. um, you're just targeting users, um, that's where you would see that not necessarily for like direct deals um where you yeah um yeah that that's a that's a different kind of discussion Mm -hmm. but it's it it is uh interesting that one you know a shift from a you know it's not even a whole new operating system a dot five uh Mm -hmm. update to 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 apple's operating system can, can cause such profound potentially profound ripples in a adjacent industry yeah apple is is humongous and, sure yeah so, the 2. trillion dollar um cap market cap tells us that yeah so whatever they do in this space um we'll have everybody sort of shaking in their boots yeah uh, and do you, do you generally, you speak to people in this industry the whole time, do you think that is exactly what the emotion is now kind of shaking in their boots? Uh, I, I don't know if they're like fearful, but it's just like, you know, what do we do next? And especially for agencies, like they've been, they're, they're supposed to be like the experts, especially for like, if you're like a performance advertising agency, like a client comes to you and says like, you will help us run our performance advertising campaigns, like the lower funnel sort of get downloads and people to take actions to like you know buy our things basically if you're that kind of agency all these changes like you don't know what to expect really because nothing's really gone into effect yet everything's in flux but you're still supposed to be the expert so you're going to clients sort of with not that much information um so it's it's just hard because no one going to clients who have the same concerns that you have but you don't have the answers exactly but you still got to tell them like everything will be okay this is our game plan but the game plan is based on so little information because it's it's all still so new I, i often ask when i have expert guests on the show like this i often ask them to kind of predict where we might be in six months or a year's time so say we we get 14.5 rolled out at the april 20th event Mm-hmm. I, you know, or sometime in the near future, it can't be that long now. Tim Cook talked in an interview about it being a few weeks. We've got the event on April 20, 20th. It's like it, we can't be, we've had eight beta releases we've discussed. It can't be a million miles away. So sometime by the end of this month, we're like, we're going to see this change in real life. Mm-hmm. If we have this conversation in, say, the end of 2021, 
what do you think we're going to be saying? What what is that going? What is exactly. the world you cover look going to look like? Yeah, and things move pretty slowly, um, even when they try to move fast. Um, and like opt-in rates, like things will sort of trickle in. Like people might not update that quickly, or depending on like app downloads and stuff. So in six months' time, they'll just be getting a better sense of what opt-in rates look like. They'll have been testing things. Um, keep in mind that companies are also testing what it looks like, what, what ad targeting looks like on Google Chrome. Google's making a lot of changes. So like the two big mediums for targeted advertising are going through like serious changes. And that means you've got to like split the difference at your agency or your marketing team to figure out what to do. So um, in six months time, it'll be, it'll be still test mode and, seeing what works and people are sort of hedging their bets and investing in different places, different identity solutions and, and targeting tactics. So um, six months okay, time, better uh, idea, but maybe not. Six, then what about you? April or May, 2022, what does it look like? Same thing, probably you'll have um, like the IAB and these big working groups, they might have new technical standards out um, or just general guidelines. There might be, yeah, I mean, it's wait and see. It's still wait and see. The advertisers might just find that like targeting cohorts and and relying on first party data just is a better way to do it. Um, a lot of like like Google is stressing Apple like between the lines like first party data totally okay. Like one to one relationship like advertiser to media owner totally fine. We encourage that. Um, and a media owner could definitely see um, better revenue that way. Um, and an advertiser could see better performance. I mean, the big thing there is like, you can't really scale out. That That's the big thing with programmatic. You have easy scale, you know, one click of a button and your ads are everywhere. Um, but that's, that's what's going away. But actually for media buy for media owners and maybe even the people who read and consume that media, we might actually find ourselves in a better place at some point soon. Yeah. I mean, you might not have those, stupid running shoes that are following you everywhere so right. the, the, yeah uh, you're obviously much more worthy than me and using your time in these kind of lockdown restricted times much more to much better use than me if you have got running shoes chasing you around the internet i have a pair of running shoes sitting next to the couch that have not moved so <laughs> uh yeah you and the rest of us i think very good um and so look, I'm going to end on that optimistic note, I think, because my hope is actually that this makes consumers more aware of how their data is used. It makes advertisers, it reigns in some of the less salubrious elements of the advertising industry whilst promoting mm -hmm. and supporting the bits that are genuinely really useful. Yeah. In the ideal state, that's the goal. I mean, you see that from regulators also. I mean, you have like GDPR in Europe, you have some states here in America, you have California, Virginia just passed one. Um, there are some federal legislation sort of on the way. But yeah, that's the goal. They want to protect your privacy. They want to make sure data is only used for advertising purposes. Um, and media owners and media buyers want to make sure the ad experience is good because otherwise they'll alienate consumers. So that's, yeah, that's the Yeah, and the consumers get information that they actually find valuable. Yeah. And as more people use phones and stuff, they'll, they sort of understand technology better and um, consumers get more educated and just more knowledgeable of how all this works. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me to explain this all because it is a big change um, or it certainly feels like a big change at the moment. It may be one of yeah. those things that we kind of think 
in a year or two years time or what was all the fuss about but at yeah. the moment it feels like yeah at the um, moment it is a big deal yeah it feels like a really big deal so i'm really grateful that you could come over here and explain to media plus how it all might work um where can where can my listeners keep up with you and your work andrew adweek.com i publish things there um i have a twitter my full name but i don't really use it that much it's more of a way to snoop and find scoops and stuff nice um but don't tell yeah. them that we that's how why we use twitter andrew oh no, i didn't mean that. We can, we can edit that out. well i'm really grateful that you joined me uh i'm charlotte henry you can of course keep up with me at themacobserver.com and at charlotte a henry on twitter we've got new episodes here every week if you like it if you like the show find it interesting please do share with friends and family and subscribe but until next time i'll see you then 